0: There's a lot to cover this morning, right? I noticed during my um, study as I was preparing this passage that one well-known preacher uh, splits what we've just read into three sermons, totaling like over three hours' worth of preaching. Um, So I hope you've got no lunch plans. Uh, uh, But no, we've only got 20 minutes here. So um, that proposes its own uh, challenge, I guess, uh, to condense the, the depths of what Jesus is teaching us here. Uh, into uh, just 20 minutes um, might leave you with some questions unanswered so if you've got some questions after this that you want to speak to me afterwards please feel free to do that I'd love to chat through them uh, with you Um, but for this morning uh, I just want to focus on, on answering two questions so first one where is Jesus going and second one what are we supposed to do that's pretty simple Um, But let's just start by reminding ourselves of of what is happening. So we're at the the Passover meal in Jerusalem. Um, Jesus is in the upper room uh, with his disciples. Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet. Tommy took us through that last week. Uh, And uh, we've just seen um, Judas uh, get up and leave to betray him. So that's why our passage starts in verse 31 with, when he, uh, that's, that's Judas, had gone out. So... Where, where is Jesus going? You see, this, uh, this idea re- repeats itself sort of over and over through the passage. Uh, Jesus is going somewhere, and his, and his disciples can't follow him. Uh, and so to, to answer this, uh, the answer to this, sorry, starts to, to be revealed in, in Jesus' first words, just as, as Judas leaves uh, the room. You re- read what it says in verse uh, 31 and 32. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. That's a kind of complicated sentence. But but the point here is that Jesus calls himself the son of man. Uh, And then then he says, as he is glorified, so too the father is glorified. And if the Father is glorified, so too will, the, will God the Father glorify the Son of Man in himself. So Jesus is going to be glorified, right? Jesus is claiming to be fully God here, inseparable from the Father. What happens to one happens to the other. They're within each other. You know, was, was Jesus just, just a good man or just a good teacher? Well, Jesus didn't think so. Jesus knew who he was, at one with the Father, fully God. But what does it mean to be, to be glorified? Because God is perfect, right? Fully perfect. Uh, he is glorious. So being glorified can't mean that we're sort of adding in some way to God's glory. You know, as, as though it needs sort of topping up a bit. I think it more means that as God's as God's character is displayed and displayed in its fullness, God is glorified. God and Jesus are glorified as we see their glory, as we see their perfect character revealed, displayed, clearly shown. So Jesus is being being glorified. But but Jesus is, is, is definitely going somewhere, isn't he? You know, at the end of verse 33, where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 36, where I am going, you cannot follow me. Um, in chapter 14, verse 2, where I, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is, is leaving uh, and to a place where his disciples certainly can't immediately follow. So let's start to bring these ideas together, uh, both uh, Jesus is going and Jesus is being glorified. So uh, in the mornings we've been looking at 2 Samuel, uh, and one thing that really strikes you about uh, King David is he's thoroughly imperfect, right? He swings from great heights of, of serving the Lord faithfully, and just like plummets to unbelievable depths as he murder and commits adultery. So if, if God being glorified is in some sense his, his character being, being displayed, then, then how can God's character be fully displayed to David? How can his perfect justice be displayed at the same time as his full mercy? And that, that, that is the question throughout the whole Old Testament. How can God forgive and show mercy to sinners and rule with righteous judgment against sin? Uh, Surely he can can only be glorified in one of those things at a time, can't he? And therefore, sort of, isn't being fully glorified. Well, as, as Judas leaves here in our passage, Jesus says, he and the Father are glorified. Now they are glorified. Signalling that, that, that they will be glorified in a way never seen before, in a full and glorious way. And now Jesus has to be talking about the cross here. Judas leaving the room it is it's kind of like a diver, like jumping off the high board, right? As Judas walks out, he, he's putting into motion actions that, that have to lead to the cross, You know, just as as the diver takes his first leap, hitting the water has to happen, doesn't it? So too, Jesus knows, as he watches Judas walk out the door, in some sense, the cross is happening. The cross has begun. So he speaks of being glorified now as the cross is at hand. You know, his time is here. And the Son and the Father will be glorified in a way never seen before. They are to display their character to the world in a way just thought impossible. You see, at at the cross, the Son and the Father are fully glorified in mercy, fully glorified in judgment, perfect righteous judgment, perfect humiliating mercy. You see, at at the cross... Jesus has God's wrath for our sin poured out on him. As he he suffers the punishment, he receives the wages of our sin, death. But at the same time, as he pours out his full judgment for our sin on his son, he, he also pours out abundantly mercy on us. You see, he can't do one without the other, Both have to happen uh, at the same time. God the Father and the Son are fully glorified in a way never known before as they display the true fullness of their character at the cross. Never in history has this fullness, has this glorification ever been seen. Which then makes sense as Jesus tells his disciples, where I am going, you cannot come. You know, he's going to the cross and, and... and that is something only he can do for us. So when we, uh, when we see Jesus uh, say in verse 2, in my father's house there are many rooms, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Uh, he isn't talking about going to heaven and, and sort of decorating you a room or something like that it just makes no sense you think about it if heaven's a perfect place our names are written on the book of life before time begins then those places are in heaven before time begins right it makes no sense that he's going to build something in heaven no the preparing Jesus needs to do is is the route to the room the path right he's preparing our place by by making it accessible. And see what he says in verse 6. Jesus uh, said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, No one comes to the Father except through me. He's talking about the cross. Uh, That's how he prepares our space in heaven. That's how he makes it accessible. It's all done at the cross. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life can't get to the father except through him and if and this is if you're not a christian here this morning it is jesus's offer to you right jesus isn't a way to heaven he is the way to heaven the the only way a claim that can only be made by by god himself and jesus here asks you the question do, do you believe Only Jesus died on a cross. This is the act fully glorified God. And and it is only through believing that he did this for you that the way to heaven is accessible. So so where is Jesus going? Well, he's going to be glorified, to reveal God's character fully to us in order to, to prepare a way for us to get to heaven, to have life in him forever. Jesus going to the cross just makes, makes all of that possible. So that brings us to question two. What are we supposed to do? Well, actually, before we get there, maybe, maybe we can start with what we're, what we're not supposed to do. And we can see that in Peter's example here. You see what uh, he says to Jesus in verse 37. Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. I mean, the the irony of that statement, I'm sure, is not lost on you. But Peter is displaying a heart here, not not really full of belief and love, but but a heart that sort of thinks it can help God out. A heart that says, I'm strong enough. I I can find my own way. I can do this for you, Jesus. I'll be the hero here. That's just not how it works, is it? Jesus works for us. Jesus loves us, Jesus saves us, Jesus makes a way for us, we are definitely not the heroes here. Jesus came to serve, not for us to serve him, because think about it, he doesn't need anything from us. There's nothing we can give to serve him with. Peter's Peter's outburst in many ways is, is literally the opposite of the gospel. It's the opposite of the good news Jesus was calling him to. We we cannot not do anything. We don't don't need to act. The first thing we need to do is to believe. Everything is pointless if we don't start there. Believe is the repeated plea from Jesus we see in our passage. You know, in in chapter 14 in verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse 11, believe me that I am the Father, uh, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else, on account, or, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me. Jesus is, is going to, uh, to be glorified, preparing a, a way that we might believe. We have to believe and trust this is true. And if we believe that Jesus dies uh, on the cross for us, something also amazing happens. We will do greater works. I mean, read verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. All believers are going to do greater works. Whoever believes... As all of, all of us here who believe, right? So, I mean, Jesus raised a man from the dead. I mean, that's something I certainly can't do. So, we need to be uh, careful in understanding what Jesus is saying here. Uh, so, when Jesus talks of works, we've got to be really clear about what what he means. And consistently in his ministry, um, he's referred to his works as things that point to the truth of God and his future salvation okay so all his miracles all his teachings they point to that they point to the truth of God and his salvation and that is why our works of pointing people to God's salvation are greater than his because as believers we we point to the cross we point to Christ crucified glorified son and father as the way to heaven these are our works right pointing to the finished things, the completed salvation, work done. Everyone in the past who trusted the Lord, before the cross, they believed in this, this like salvation of of anticipation, a a salvation that was, that was kind of mysterious, yet to come. Even Jesus himself taught of a salvation yet to come. His his words veiled, needing the spirit yet to come uh, for understanding. But our works, with the spirit of understanding dwelling in us, put to a much greater thing. We point to a salvation completed. Forgiveness already won, already done. And the believer can ask anything in his name. See verse 13. Whatever you ask in my, in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Not that what we ask for will just be, be given, like some sort of like magic trick. But that anything we ask that is in accordance with the Father being glorified in the Son, he will do. So when we align our prayers with the glory of Jesus, he acts Not that we can heal who we want, or or get what we want, or know know what we want, but we can believe and trust that God will be glorified. We can ask in all situations, regardless of the circumstances, that God's glorious will might be done. And we know that it will happen, because Jesus promises it here. So we're supposed to believe, and out of that belief comes greater works but also out of belief comes pouring out something else and that is love just look down at verses 34 and 35 a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another See verse 35. The mark of belief is love. That above all things is how we recognize believers, that they have this kind of love in them. If you know your Bible, you might be thinking, well, I mean, what's new about loving one another, right? We've seen that before in the Bible. But I think what Jesus is doing here is something we've seen him do before. He's showing us that maybe our idea of love is a little bit too small. It isn't something to do like a rule to keep. It's it's more of a way of living. See, the new part is love just as I have loved you. Just think about what we've just looked at in answering our first question, where is Jesus going? You know, think about what uh, we looked at last week as, as Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Jesus Jesus, fully God, uh, one with the Father, uh, glorified with him in heaven, chooses for our sake to come to earth, to wash our feet, to be tortured and executed so that you and I might have a, have a way to a place in heaven. Jesus goes through all of that for you if if you believe for you personally your name is known to him it's on your place in heaven he loves you so much that he goes through through all that so that you might see his glory in both in judgment and in salvation and in believing might have in him a way to heaven a way to be with him forever for eternity That that is love, right? The cross is is the greatest, most glorious, most perfect act of loving selflessness in history. And Jesus says to those who believe, love like that, foot-washing, cross-bearing, humiliating love, a love that, that counts no costs, A love that seeks nothing. A love that continually gives. A a love that loves when it hurts. A love that loves when it's rejected. A love that does not know hate. Our church should be marked by that love. A love so visible that people looking in can can see it. That's pretty scary, to love like that. To love so sacrificially, with such humility, to love forgiving others, serving others, to love like Jesus loves. It's it's quite an uncomfortable thought, isn't it? I mean, and it's even more so when you when we realise it's a command. And the command is so specific as well about believers loving believers. We should see this love right here, in this room. It should mark us out. And it should look different from the love which we see in the world. Uh, Something to think about, isn't it? We're called to this crazy, selfless, humble, sacrificial love for one another. You know, and I'm just just a bit annoyed because someone's irritated me when I've walked through the door this morning, (laughs) or... I can't really be bothered helping like tidy up because I'm a bit tired or I'll avoid talking to someone because um, I might find them a, a little bit difficult. I mean, I'm, a, I'm kind of a sad reflection of, of this command, aren't I? Uh, l- luckily, this love doesn't come from me, thankfully. It comes from Jesus. Y- you see the order. He loves us and then we love. His loving spirit in us helps us do this kind of love. We still need Jesus. We still need the cross. Our love is far from perfect. So we are helped by the helper, right? The Spirit. We have everything we need in order to love like this. Jesus gives it all to us. And you know, I I rejoice in the moments where I see it so clearly. Members going out of their way for one another, serving one another, truly loving one another. I'm sure you can think of lots of examples of this love happening here. That should encourage us. Jesus is supplying us with what we need. And we want to pray that we see this love more and more. But it it should be bigger than those things as well. You know, this love should be different from the world's love, because it's a a Christ-like love. So, what is the, the point of Christ's love for us? Well, we've just gone through that, isn't it? It's, it's to prepare a way for us to be with him. The, the goal of Christ's love for us is for us to spend eternity with him. You see what it says in, in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will, and take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be you may be also. He's preparing the way and going to the Father and he will take us in him to be with the Father in heaven. And so our love as a group of believers should at its best just be laser focused on the cross so that we point one another to it for our salvation so as well as the practical love we show, we need to show each other spiritual love, a, a love that encourages us in, in the wonder of a prepared way to heaven, even in the midst of like great despair. A, a love that, that goes out of its way to pull back believers who are going astray, calling people back who, who wander into the world's temptations. a love fixated and passionate we seeing each other in glory above all things. A love that has difficult conversations about ungodly habits. A love that has gentle conversations with grieving brothers and sisters. A love that stops at nothing to bring this, our family, like our family here in this room, home to heaven. A love that costs the bearer a great deal because that's how jesus loved right he did everything to make a way for us to be with him and he says to all of us who are here who believe do the same love love like that where is jesus going well through the cross ultimately to heaven to be with his father And what are we ultimately going to do, right? Well, believing in a sacrificial, life-giving love that gets us there to be with him for eternity. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for your love. A love that goes so much further than we deserve a love that costs you so much. Lord, we rejoice in the love poured out on us as your judgment is poured out on your son at the cross. Lord, we need your help to love like that. Uh, Spark our hearts into life, Lord. Move in your spirit. Help us to love each other with a love like this, we pray in your name. Amen.